Sensei! Hello! You're listening to Achimowin on CJSR 88.5 FM, located in the city of Edmonton, which is on Treaty 6 territory, as well as Region 4 of the Métis Nation. This is a traditional gathering place for the Cree, Blackfoot, Nakota Sioux, Iroquois, Dene, Anishinaabe, Inuit, and others to whom we pay our respects and thanks. My name is Shayna Giles, and I'm of Métis descent. My pronouns are they, them. This week on Achimowin, we've got not one, but two feature interviews, both with Alberta-based nominees from the first-ever Summer Solstice Indigenous Music Awards. First up, we'll hear from Mackenzie Brown, part of the mother-daughter duo Warrior Women, who were nominated for the Youth Leadership in Music Award. Next, we'll hear from Brandon Baker, the mind and voice behind Electric Religious, nominated for Métis Artist Group of the Year. So without further ado, let's get right into the interviews. So I say Tanse Natodmak, Kamamak Mackenzie Brown Nitsugasan. Hello, my name is Mackenzie. My name is Mackenzie Brown. And I originally hail from Sturgeon Lake Cree Nation, but I've been living in Amiskwichi Waskahagan for the past 10 years. I moved between Edmonton and Jasper primarily. And I am a drummer, a singer, an artist. I work in tourism and I'm also an advocate. Tell me a little bit about yourself and, and what you do with Warrior Women. Yeah, so I'm a traditional drummer and singer. I've been drumming and singing since I was about 12 years old. And that was really the creation of Warrior Women. Uh, my mom is a traditional knowledge keeper down here in Jasper National Park. And she was drumming and singing long before I was. And so I was lucky to you know, really grow up in a home that had a lot of culture involved in it. And so I started drumming and singing when I was about 12 years old and haven't stopped. So what we do with Warrior Women is we primarily are educational. Uh, education comes at the forefront, but we use the platform of entertainment and song for education. So we do anything from tourism um, to you know hosting international visitors to also hosting our own people. Uh, we do fireside chats, we do drumming and singing experiences, dark sky storytelling, all of these different things kind of that are wrapped up in the idea of activity and entertainment, but have an educational component to them as well. We really believe in the authentic voice. When we do our performances, it is primarily our voices and our drum. It's a very raw, raw sound. We don't like to do a lot of editing within our music. Um, we'll add, you know, different types of sounds, like different different types of melodies we find more in modern day as opposed to, to traditional. But for the most part, it really is our drums and our voices and our harmonies that come together to produce the music that is that comes from Warrior Women. When did Warrior Women really start taking off as something you, you wanted to do? I would say there was about a shift when Warrior Women started to get really busy. Uh, we had never put ourselves out there because we never wanted to be in a space where we were not welcome or that we wouldn't be protected just being two Cree women, right? Um, but Warrior Women started to have a shift when I was about 16 years old, uh, that was when people started to notice who we were. We started getting invited more to different places. That was really when we started to make the shift to Jasper and Edmonton regions as well, because what happened was people started to listen, right? They started to listen. They started to realize that what we were doing was really important. 
and that they wanted to uh, wrap their arms around us, right? We were supported by community, but then we started to become supported by Alberta as well. And that was really when things started to change for us. What kind of performances have you done in the past with Warrior Women? Warrior Women has done over 500 performances. Um, we started to lose track. <laughs> uh, you know, there were, there were summers that we were performing up to three times a day uh, when I was about 18, 19, 20, 21. Then I started going to school. Things started to slow down a little bit, but we've been really lucky. We've traveled internationally with Warrior Women. We've traveled to New York to uh, be a part of the Travel Alberta Media Conference. We were lucky last year, actually in March, right before the pandemic, we were uh, representing Indigenous musicians at Abidjan, which is Africa's largest performing arts festival in Cote d'Ivoire. So we were down there with Global Affairs Canada. So we've been really lucky, you know, to do kind of main stage performances as well as small intimate performances too. Of the two, of the big or of the small and intimate, which would you say is your favorite? I would have to say my favorite type of performance is actually the small intimate ones. I love it when I have a group of 10 to 15 people sitting around a fire. I love to, you know, I learn as much from my audience as I teach them. And so I love it when I can create connection and community because that is a teaching of the drum is to come together as community. Those are like my favorite types of experiences when it's small, intimate, and we're creating relationship with one another. What does warrior women mean to you? You know, warrior women means a lot to me. Warrior women really started as a way for us to express our voices as women and as Indigenous women. It gave us a voice. It gave us a platform. It told us that we can take up as much space as we want, because in society, we're told that we cannot take up that much space. Warrior women means that to me, but warrior women also means community. I've had experiences with the drum and with performing that I can't explain to other people, where I've met people, where I've had deep connections with people just through sharing songs and stories. And then warrior women also means a, con- a deep connection with my mom. Um, you know, I think people look at our relationship, they often think, oh, wow, I've never quite seen a relationship almost like that. And I think it's because we drum and sing together. And so I see my mom as being, you know, like one of my best friends, as opposed to, to just my mother. Um, she is my matriarch, but then she's also my supporter and my partner at the same time. So yeah, that's a big question, but warrior women means a couple different things to me. It means amplifying my voice as an Indigenous woman, it means creating community, and it means being able to drum and sing with my matriarch, whom I love so much. So Warrior Women has been nominated for the Youth Leadership in Music Award. What does that nomination mean to you? Really what nominations mean to you is they are, in a way, they are a nod that somebody acknowledges the hard work that you're doing, that you are being recognized for that. It's a beautiful thing whether or not you end up winning an award or not, right? It's just that acknowledgement that somebody sees you and somebody hears you and that they think that the work that you're doing is important. And that continues to encourage you. You know, we always want to make sure that we're doing good work. And so when this nomination came out, it meant that we are doing good work and that we'll continue to do that. Uh, What are your hopes for the future of Warrior Women? That's a really good question. 
Um, right now, the hopes for warrior women is one, my mom was going to be completely full time with warrior women. Um, but then the pandemic threw a little bit of a wrench for that. And so we are trying to get to a point again where she can just be solidly with warrior women. She doesn't have to take on any kind of side jobs or anything like that. So that's really the hope for warrior women. The other hope for warrior women is we have our CD, our album release that will be coming out later this year. So that's the other hope. And then the other hope is, you know, we want to start to expand even more across Alberta and into the other provinces and do more work internationally as well. I think that especially with the recent events that have been happening, you know, people, people are starting to listen, they're starting to hear us. And so we want to be able to be that voice as well. Is there anything else you'd like to say to maybe people who've supported you or helped you get to this point? You know, the thing is, is that we need to see role models who look like us. You know, I am not the first Indigenous woman to be getting an award, and I'm happy that I'm not, because I've seen people like Buffy St. Marie, I've seen people like Leela Gilday up getting awards. And so I remind people who are fighting toward getting, getting recognition and doing their work that your work does matter because you never know who you might be inspiring. And it's important for us to have role models that look like us. And you might not realize it, but you might be that role model to somebody. Where can people find out more about you or Warrior Women? So people can find more about Warrior Women at our website. So our website is www.warriorwomen.ca. So you can find us there. Uh, You can also find us, you know, we're on Indigenous Tourism Alberta as well. Uh, And then we also have a Facebook page under Warrior Women too. Is there anything you'd like to talk about that I haven't asked you or maybe anything you'd just like to talk a little bit more about? I think what I want to say is, you know, there have been many things that have been up against Indigenous people, but my mom always taught me that we can show the beautiful parts of our culture and that when we show people the love that we have for our people, the love that we have for our culture, that they will care for us as well. And so that's what I always take forward, you know, I really like to live by the teachings of Gitsuatsuin, which is kindness and being kind to others, but also being kind to myself and also being kind to the earth too. And I think, you know, drumming has really taught me that as well. It's taught me about community. It's taught me about healing. And there's a lot more that is beautiful for us. And there's a lot more stories to us as Indigenous people than what is often showcased in the media. And An event like this is really important in telling our stories. Well, thank you very much for agreeing to speak with me today a little bit about warrior women. Thank you. (laughs) That was Mackenzie Brown from Warrior Women talking about the duo and their nomination for Youth Leadership in Music at the Summer Solstice Indigenous Music Awards. Warrior Women actually ended up winning the Youth Leadership in Music Award and asked me to pass this part of their acceptance speech along. We would like to thank our elders and knowledge keepers. Without their guidance, we would not be where we are, doing the work we are so passionate about. I would also like to thank the youth. You are the future generation. You are the reason we do the work we do and why we are trying every day to leave the world in a better place. Today as well, we stand in solidarity with Tekemloop's First Nation. You are the future, you are powerful, and you are loved. 
Up next, we'll hear from Brandon Baker, singer, songwriter, and guitarist behind Electric Religious, talking about the band and their nomination for Métis Artist Group of the Year. My name is Brandon Baker. I'm a Métis musician from Amiskwichia Waskahaiken, um, otherwise known as Edmonton, Alberta. I grew up in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, uh, on the North Saskatchewan River, and so I've kind of like just lived my whole life on this river, which is something that I, I'm pretty proud of. It's interesting to me at the very least. Um, I'm a guitar player first and foremost, but I also write songs. Um, I lead a band called Electric Religious. I've been a professional musician for 15 years. I've been playing the guitar for 20, almost 25 years. Yeah, I've lived in Edmonton since 2008, and this is where we're based out of right now. Uh, we have a new record coming out called Tragic Lover that's coming out in September that uh, it's kind of taking up all my time and energy right now just to make sure that that's uh, going to be a successful ordeal. What are some of your, your major sources of inspiration when it comes to writing music? Well, the biggest one uh, is Jimi Hendrix. He's kind of been my my idol and, you know, posthumous mentor just by like listening to his music and reading and learning about all of the contributions he made to um, recording techniques and, and all that. But I just find that he has so much love and truth to his music and he finds really unique ways to express what he feels like from the heart. And so that's sort of like the inspiration that I take for my own music is like, okay, how can I find, how can I find unique ways to express what's coming from my soul? And uh, I have to thank Jimi Hendrix for that. But I mean, I'm also influenced by like lots of people, like all good songwriters I take inspiration from. Um, Neil Young, Bob Dylan are big ones for me. Uh, Vince Gill is a huge influence of mine, even though like I have nothing to do with country music. Um, Vince Gill is like one of my favorite singers and, and guitar players. And I, I think he's just the greatest. Uh, but yeah, Jimi Hendrix is the big one for me. And my music's not like psychedelic or classic rock sounding like he like his is, but but still just the way that he writes from the soul is sort of what I want to try and channel in my own art. So a bit more about Electric Religious. Uh, tell me about how the band came about. It actually started out under a different name. It was the Brandon Baker Trio. Super unique name. Uh, and we kind of just like played some, some songs and covers and we just played around town. Like we didn't put a lot of stock into it or a lot of effort to really like promote it and market it and all that kind of stuff. I just was, I just wanted to play, I just wanted to have fun and play some of the songs that, I was, that I've written, but also just play some of my favorite songs just to get up on stage. Um, but yeah, so that started with uh, my best friends, Paul Bergeron and Adam Dearden. And then um, it sort of evolved after I met my partner, Olivia Street, and then she joined as a as the rhythm guitar player. And then all of a sudden it sort of opened up a little bit more doors to what we could do live. And having her skill and her um, experience on the stage really helped. And it also really helped with the, the songwriting and collaboration process when we went to record our first record. I came by the name Electric Religious uh, through, <laughs> I talk about him so much, but through a Jimi Hendrix quote. The quote goes like, uh, when I get up on stage, that's my whole life. That's my religion. My music is electric church music. And if by church you mean religion, then I am electric religion. So I, I read that and I thought like, wow, that's a really cool quote. I like Jimi Hendrix a lot. He's kind of like my idol. And so electric religious came out of that, uh, out of that quote. And so that was back in, I, I changed the name from Brandon Baker Trio in about 2015. And then um, 
just kept playing, kept writing, and we released our first uh, record in 2018. Uh, yeah, and then immediately, I, ha I had a son in 2015 too, so that's why the record came so late. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, in 2018, we released our record, and then um, it was an awesome experience because the first single, Revolution, went to number one on the Indigenous Music Countdown, and it also was in the top 100 of the CBC Searchlight competition. And so it really gave me the confidence to say, I'm going to, I'm going to take this and run with it. I'm going to go and write some more songs. And then, you know, here we are today, really. What's the experience been like working with the, with the rest of the band to produce music over the past few years? It's kind of been a solar solo venture just because like the, the themes of the new record are deeply personal. Uh, I did a lot of reconnecting to my Métis ancestry and heritage um, over the last couple of years. And so like nobody can really help you with that. Therefore, when I was writing the lyrics, it all kind of stemmed from wanting to portray just like very subtle aspects of, of being a Métis person, the way a Métis person would interact within like relationships, just because of all the different things that have happened to uh, Indigenous people and all the intergenerational trauma that ends up happening, how that affects the subtle aspects of being Indigenous and specifically being Métis for me. Um, we were on tour uh, a few years ago, and one of the stops is at Smoky Lake at Métis Crossing. And the archivists there have done like a really good job of basically documenting um, the Métis settlers, the settlements that were uh, around the turn of the century in, in Saskatchewan and Alberta. And it really struck a chord with me, and I really kind of I don't know, it got really emotional about hearing about the decimation of culture and the loss of the bison and all that kind of stuff. And so I wanted to, to honor my ancestors and my ancestry by learning more about who I was, where I come from, what I can offer currently. In regards to producing music, it was sort of like taking all of those experiences and those emotions and those rediscoveries of who I was and putting them into the lyrics. And uh, for the physical production of the music, actually, I worked really closely with Brad Simons, who produced the record at Velveteen Music. It was kind of like I came to him with the demos for all the songs. And it was sort of just like a one on one, me and him working through how we wanted to present the arrangements and all the different types of sounds we wanted to put on the record. And, and um, yeah, so the team at Velveteen Music and I, we were sort of the ones who who collaborated the closest. And then I put my faith into the band to, to show up after they'd li listened to the songs for a bit, showed up and then just like put their own heart and soul into it. I didn't sort of like try to edit their parts. I didn't say, oh, I'll do this differently, do that differently. I just sort of let them let them do it. The collaborative nature of this record is really important to me. Yeah, but like working with the band is important because I trust all of them like so much because they're all so great. So in the current band right now, it's a little bit different than the first incarnation of Electric Religious. Now we have, um, it's me and Olivia still on guitars and vocals. I'm the main singer uh, and she's the um, background vocalist. And then we also have Luke Brightneater on drums who I met at Grant McEwen um, in 2017 and uh, Reed Thiel on the bass. And so that makes up the four of us right now. So we've talked a bit about the upcoming album. What are you able to share with us about that? The central themes of, of Tragic Lover are, like I mentioned, they, they're rooted around the subtle aspects of being Métis and how intergenerational trauma um, affects our day-to-day -day lives. It's sort of like, 
I got this this um, expression in my in my head a, a couple of years back called the, like the walking wounded, where it's like you have people that are sort of like unknowingly born into like a triage state where it's like you have a wound that you can't quite see or you don't know it's there uh, or you don't know that it's this intergenerational wound that's affecting your life in, in just various different ways, big ways, small ways. And so that's where the that's where the name Tragic Lover came from. It's sort of that like feeling of not quite having a home, even though you have four walls around you or, you know, kind of like being born under a bad sign or like being the walking wounded um, was it was sort of a thing that that jumped out at me but I can tell you one thing though the record is is, is a guitar record I, I play a lot more guitar on this record than I played on on the last record and by that I mean like improvised solos and just using more guitar um, as like layers and sounds and ambiance and all that kind of stuff I just recently started to kind of like find the 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 voice that I can share with my guitar, things like emotions that I can't quite put into words, but I seem to be able to convey them through my instrument. And so that was a big thing too. It's like a an album full of rediscovery and, and reconnection. And uh, there's some new territory too. I mean, there's some songs on the record that I, there's some styles of songs that I, that I never thought I would write. Like specifically, there's this one track called Hard Skin. I don't know, it's like a down tempo, really swung, pop tune in three four and it that just like was so different than anything else I'd, I'd written I try to stay kind of genre fluid on my records I don't really like to pigeonhole myself into a certain songwriting style because I can't control what I want to come out I can't control what I want to write and so this album's no different than my last album where there's like some heavier stuff there's some like down tempo stuff there's some soft softer stuff there's some aggressive stuff there's some yeah, so it's coming out in September. It's going to be a really fun experience to see where, where this record goes. Um, and already it's been, you know, the, the reception to the, the few singles that we've released so far has been just fantastic. You recently released a song called One More Night. What can you tell me about the song and the process of making it? Yeah, so One More Night is kind of, I wanted to capture the moment of being like about to maybe make a mistake that you know is not going to turn out well for you at all. But just sort of being like, I got to do this. This is this might change my life or this might wind up being like the best night of my life or like there's this opportunity here that I can't quite say no to. So I wanted to kind of capture that moment of like, how do you reconcile making that decision versus knowing, you know, what you're giving up if you do that type of thing. And like I so like I have this habit of staring mistakes in the face and making them anyway. It's just like silly stuff that, uh, you know, that just, whatever. And as you grow older, you realize that how silly you behaved as like a 22 year old person or something like that. Uh, so yeah, that all kind of condensed into this song. That song was pretty much done when I brought it to Brad. Uh, minus a few just like dynamic shifts where it's like in the second verse, it sort of comes down a little bit. I hadn't thought to do that. And so like, I really trusted Brad and I really trusted the team over at Velveteen Music to sort of like offer their input and and take the collaboration very seriously and so even though like it was pretty much done i think the team at velveteen really just elevated it to the next level and uh, i'm super glad that they made a radio edit too i love the song that i love the version that's going to make it on the actual record um it's slightly longer it's got like a, a bridge section 
and a guitar solo in, in it. But like, I love the fact that they were like, Brandon, make a radio edit for this. I wouldn't have thought of that. And I actually kind of maybe pushed back a little bit at first and saying, no, you can't slice and dice my art. It's got to be presented like this. And then after a few more people outside of the team told me, hey, that'd be a great opportunity for a radio edit. I was like, oh, okay, fine, sure. So the radio edit that you hear on Spotify that's currently released right now is uh, just slightly different than the one that's going to be on the record. So June 12th was the Indigenous Summer Solstice Music Awards or the ISSMAs. Electric Religious has been nominated for Métis Artist Group of the Year. What does that nomination mean to you? So this is like the first nomination that I've received in, a, in quite a long time. I was nominated for um, Aboriginal Artist of the Year in 2009 at the SCMAs in Saskatchewan, where I'm from. And, I, and then I was nominated again for Artist to Watch at the Edmonton Music Awards in 2015. But that's six years ago now. And I've been working my butt off to, to perform as much as I can. I've been working my butt off at writing um, songs that I think are great. It means a lot to me because the songs that I've written, they're not even out yet. Um, it's just Catherine and One More Night. And I think because I decided that I was going to honor myself as a Métis person, finally, after what was it, 28 years of sort of maybe kind of putting it off to the side of who I was. I don't know, being nominated for, for Métis Artist of the Year is kind of like, it fulfills me a lot, if that's the right word to use, or like, I'm super proud um, to be recognized as a Métis person, and not only that, as a Métis artist, because like, who who did I think I was before I I honored myself as a Métis person? Who who did I think I was? I think I was probably pretty lost, and so being nominated for that is like life changing, just for my confidence and for my my belief that you know I made the right decision to reclaim my indigeneity. So is there anything you'd like to say to the people who've helped you to get to where you are now with this nomination and with this album coming out? Uh, well, a big thank you, a big um, token of appreciation for everybody that's kind of on my team and, and on my side. I mean, like in this industry, you need people to believe in you. You need champions. You need people to say, hey, I see that you've got potential or I, I believe in your art and I'm going to either help open a door for you or I'm going to give you a push from behind um, and so all of those people like yeah they're they're invaluable members of, of my life and uh, I love each and every one of them and I can't wait for us to be able to like actually see each other again. <laughs> Where can people find more about you or about your music? Uh, yeah, my website's good. Uh, I kind of live my life on on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Instagram more so than Facebook, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, so my, my Instagram is at Electric Religious, and my website is electricreligious.com. You can find me anywhere. A quick Google search of Electric Religious will, will help you out there. Um, I do recommend that people go to, to Spotify and give me a follow because that's how it's going to be the best way to hear the new music that's coming out. Uh, we, we have another uh, single and music video coming out in August, just before the release of the full record in September. And so people are going to want to want to hear that, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, Spotify is following me on Spotify is the best way. And uh, following me on Instagram is the best way to get to know me and my little family here and, you know, what I like to do. I like to bake bread and stuff like that. So you'll see a lot of bread, bread pictures on my Instagram. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about or expand on that I maybe haven't asked you or just anything you'd like to talk more about? Oh, geez. Uh, well, I mean, like we can talk about 
how COVID has affected all of us. But like my two, my two areas of my life, um, being like a fam of like father and a partner, um, and also being a musician. Like I was a bartender for for many years prior to kind of stepping aside from that and focusing on my music. So like all the areas of my life were, were affected pretty heavily through COVID. Like restaurants shut down. Even if I wanted to, I couldn't really like go get a bartending job. And like not being able to perform or tour or even rehearse for that matter, um, which it made it super, super challenging and kind of like a little bit depressing to be honest. But it's been like the best year of my life because we've spent so much time at home and I spent, got to spend so much time with my son and my partner and just like working through being isolated together, just like really made us all stronger. And like, I don't know how to say it. It's like, we're just so much more uh, cohesive and we're so much more of like a team and so much more patient than when we had like so many other distractions going on in our lives that cause us maybe to like be frustrated or, or anything like that. So even though it's been like a tough year, all things considered, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have traded this, this opportunity to spend so much time together for anything. I have got all the patience and the support in the world for people who are having a hard time. So if you do, if you are having a hard time, I'm here for you. Whoever's listening <laughs> can always reach out. I'm always happy to help, always happy to talk. But yeah, like it, I just found it interesting that COVID was so difficult, but yet there was such a wide silver lining. Well, Brandon, thank you so much for agreeing to speak with me about Electric Religious and about the uh, ISSMAs. Thank you so much, Hannah. That's it for this week's Achimowin. Big thanks to Mackenzie Brown of Warrior Women and Brandon Baker of Electric Religious for speaking with me about their work and their recent nominations for the 2021 Summer Solstice Indigenous Music Awards. I'm your host, Shayna Giles, and our theme song is Come and Get Your Love by Redbone. Want to reach out to Achimowin? Feel free to send us an email at achimowin at cjsr.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a lovely rest of your day. Thank you.